back on the Salted Caramel Podcast. This is a podcast from Our Lady Mount Carmel where we get to share faith stories and blast them all over the interweb. My name is David Cook, and my guest today is my co-host, Jody Curtis. Jody, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's interesting being on the other side of the conversation today. Yeah, you so. look a little nervous under the spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens. Yeah. Well, Jody, you know the drill. We like to dive right in. What was your faith life like before you had an intimate relationship with Jesus? Yeah, so I think I grew up in a small town, southern Indiana, in Lagodi, and we were surrounded by Catholics. We lived about a block from the church. We, My whole family was very involved. Most all of my friends were Catholic. Mm-hmm. I later went to college at the University of Evansville. Evansville is even more Catholic than Lagodi. I had even more Catholic friends. So it, just a huge part of my life was the church, whether it was youth activities, volunteering at church, teaching Bible school or mm-hmm. um, PRE, what, whatever. Um, it, it was very important to my family. So it was always a, a part of it. But when I moved to Carmel in 2000, Actually, it was the first time in my life where I didn't know a lot of Catholics. We lived in that southwest corner of Carmel where the Catholics I did know, some, a few went to St. Monica's, a few went to St. Alphonsus and Mm -hmm. Zionsville, a few went to Our Lady, a few went to Seton. So I never, even though I had a few Catholic friends, we were all at different parishes, and so that part of my life just wasn't it wasn't it wasn't so easy for me i guess yeah. if you will i wasn't surrounded by it and we actually went to saint elizabeth seton for a few years and i taught religious ed there for many many years but i i just struggled to to keep engaged in my faith during those years until I joined Our Lady of Mount Carmel. And nice. then I felt like going back home, like like <laughs> I had had for the for the uh, rest of my life, in my yeah. earlier life. You say, you say that you were surrounded most of your life by Catholics, and that's kind of just what you did. Great community, grew up that way. Can you think of a concrete time where you actually said, yes, this is for me. This is my personal yes to God. Yeah, so I had a lot of those Little moments, I think, on along the way. I went to different retreats. I went to chirp two different times. Yeah. Um, I, you know, but even back when I was in high school, so I felt like I was saying yes. I mm-hmm. felt like I was developing this personal relationship. But I have to admit, I'm a little bit bar- embarrassed to admit that it was really in 2011. So just ten years ago, I was. Yeah. Uh, 46 years old, and my mom died at the summer, just a, a month before my son Kip started high school at Garen Catholic. And I felt like that year was a really big year for me. Interestingly, from starting in 2011, I set spiritual. I'm big on goal setting, personally, professionally, and now in my faith. And in 2011, I had set a goal to eat, pray, love. So mm-hmm. I, my goal was to eat less, but to pray and love more. Mm-hmm. 
Well, about three days into 2011, my mom was diagnosed with lung cancer. And I thought, wow, like, be careful what you wish for, right? Because, boy, did I love more and pray more Mm -hmm. from January 3rd, you know, all the way through the rest of the year. But it was also, too, kept going to... Catholic school that all of a sudden I was surrounded by this community again that I hadn't had for a while. And, you know, in an earlier podcast with Jonathan Titus, he talked about taking the responsibility of his faith. And for me, when I reflect back on that, I think even though it was unfortunately at the loss of my mom, I'd always looked at my mom as like the a faith leader of mm-hmm. our family. Mm-hmm. And here was my opportunity that my mom was gone. And I'm like, hey, I'm 45 years old and I'm married and got three kids and I need to uh-huh. take this on for my <laughs> own family. And so that that I don't know if it was one moment, but that year was mm-hmm. really a big adjustment, a, a positive adjustment yeah, yeah. for me. And I also remember, too, that Kip in, well, I guess they had their first mass in August, and then in September, they had, they were always, you know, putting out emails and things to say that parents were invited to go to mass at Mm -hmm. the school, but I was working, didn't really pay attention to it, and in September, Kip said, Mom, you know, some of my friends' moms come to Mass when we have all school math. He Uh. was. And I was like, oh, maybe I should go. And I started, not that I had never been to daily Mass before, but Mm -hmm. going, I started going to Mass more at Garen Catholic. And then I started going to daily Mass more at Mm -hmm. Our Lady. And so my faith kind of exploded that year. And I was at the same time having a much deeper relationship That's with awesome. Jesus. You're kind of thrust in that leadership role. You had to pick up the reins, huh? Yeah. And yeah. sort of it was like it's about time, uh-huh. right? I, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it's not like you weren't doing anything, but it was right. just like you weren't necessarily in charge of it because your mom was always there to right. kind of be in charge of it, at least in your head. Right. But right. going to daily mass, that will kind of sneak up on you because yeah. it's like, oh, of course, once you actually hang out with Jesus more, you dive in a little bit deeper. Right, right. <laughs> so that's awesome. Right. Well, what what's your faith like life like now? Man, that's a tongue twister. We got to work on that. Yeah. What is it now in your life? You know, I would just say I think it's awesome. I just feel even better. So sort of an, another moment that started for me really just a couple of months ago, I had always been a little gun shy of committing to an adoration time. Because I thought that you had to sign up for one time every week. And and I used to travel a lot and was very involved. And I thought, oh, how, you know, my excuse was, mm-hmm. how could I make a commitment to be somewhere at the same time every single week? But I know during the pandemic, they were looking for more adores. And I thought, you know, I can do this. I have time to do this. And I went to sign up and I found out. You don't have to sign up for the same nope. time. So <laughs> I started, although ironically, I go now Every most time. Saturdays at 10 a.m. It's <laughs> kind of become my time. But 
um, I've started signing up more and I'm on the sub list. So they'll ask me to fill in. And mm-hmm. not only do I do those two, but now I've started signing up my husband to go <laughs> in my place. Whether and he knows it or not. That's <laughs> right. And so I have loved my time in the Adoration Temple. Nice. And so, uh, you know, doing lots of other things too, but that has really been super powerful for me uh-huh. to do that. So. Jody, why did you decide to read the Bible a year ago? What what was the catalyst for that decision? Yeah, so I actually had two people on my team at work who they were not Catholic, but they had set goals in the pre I mentioned that I'm big on goal setting. They had set goals in the prior years to read the Bible and did it. And so I kept thinking, I'm going to do that one time. And then I was in a Catholic bookstore and I saw uh, how to read the Bible in a year. And it was in September. And I told the lady at the counter, I said, I'm going to buy this so I can start. And that would have been January 2020. And that'll be my goal. And she said, ma'am, I think that's great. But you know, you don't have to wait till January 1st. <laughs> you can start today. And I said, oh, my gosh, that's right. that's exactly right. So I started it on September 19th. And I actually, uh, so the book is designed to read, you know, so much right. every day. But, of course, who knew the pandemic would come? So I ended right. up getting way ahead. And I actually read the Bible in a year in eight months. Nice. Um, <laughs> But that also was very powerful for me to my faith. I feel so much smarter mm-hmm. um, about, uh, you know, the stories of the Bible yeah, and the yeah. history of of what was happening. Did the book kind of just like give you a guide of what to read or did it kind of explain the context of each chapter? So what? this one did not have a lot of explanations. It was you would read um the Old Testament, a piece from the Old Testament of the New Testament, and then the Psalms or the letters. So there were really three separate readings each day. Now, my son, Kip, again, actually bought me as a Christmas present Bishop Barron's new Bible, or it's it's just the Gospels. Gotcha. And so that is now my 2021 goal is to read that one, which is even better because he gives his perspective. And and there's other guest writers, too, who give their perspectives on the Bible. So I'm really enjoying that one as well. Oh, that's awesome. So a lot of reading in the past (laughs) few years. Those are great goals to have. Yeah, yeah. You feel smarter and more confident in it. I do. I do. Actually, that's a good word to say that I feel more confident mm-hmm. um, about about the Bible, about True. the stories, about my faith. You can go toe-to-toe with any atheist. You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all have gifts to help us evangelize, and this podcast is kind of an outlet for you to evangelize. But what other kind of gifts do you think the Lord has given you to help evangelize? Yeah. So in my professional life as a trainer and speaker, I do a lot of work around Clifton Strengths, and which is an assessment tool to help you discover your gifts. And my number one is called Maximizer, which means to bring out the best in mm. others. So I see that every day in my, in my personal life and in my work life. Um, but I also love thinking about that in terms of, of evangelization as well and how I can share activities, share thoughts, share ideas with other people that 
might help them be better, right? Mm -hmm. So not that I'm telling them what to do, although sometimes I might, maybe (laughs) to a few people, Uh I have to be careful for that because I'm like, I just read the Bible. You should read the Bible. I'm reading, you know, I'm going to adoration. You should go to adoration. (laughs) So That's That's the most annoying thing when you have the answers and you tell someone the answer but then they don't listen. Right. But then like three, four months later, they're like, hey, the Lord just told me to do this in prayer. And I was like, I told you that three months ago. (laughs) So people, you got to be patient with people. That's right. That's right. And ourselves. Yeah. We have to be patient with ourselves. ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, our our lady slogan is grateful no matter what. What are you grateful for no matter what this week? What am I grateful for this week? Um, David, I am most grateful for our Adoration Chapel. And even though I've heard people say that and talk about that uh, and, you know, suggest that to me maybe to go, I am like really on the bandwagon now to encourage other people to think about going to the Adoration Chapel or just signing up as the sub or just spending some time there. True. You can do it once a month, twice a month, however, whatever works best for your schedule. Right. Well, right. besides adoration and reading, what what else are you doing to stay salty, staying mm-hmm. a good disciple? What are you doing? Yeah. Well, it, and so my husband and I have been married for almost 35 years. And I think since we've spent a lot more time together in the past year, I we have also had more conversations about our faith since I've got him going to Adoration Chapel too. Nice, yeah. Um, we're reading, our, our lady passed out a book for Lent. We, we actually have one for Advent and for Lent that we read a section of that every night at mm. the dinner table. And that's been really good, not just for our faith, but for our marriage as well. That's so, awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. a great, great little thing to do. Yeah. I should do that. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Um, who would you say is your greatest faith influencer? Ah, yeah, that's such a hard one for me because I feel like I have so many and my mom and my dad, you know, were very faithful people and I've been surrounded by so many people. But I'm, I, you know, I think I'm going to say my community of, of Catholic friends because I know, as I mentioned earlier, about how I just had that as a part of my life until I was 40-some years old. I I didn't even think about it. I just Mm -hmm. had it. And then I didn't have it for about 10 years. And, you know, I don't mean to use that as an excuse. Like, my Catholic faith was still important to me. But now, once I got that back, Mm -hmm. starting in 2011 with a deeper connection to Garen Catholic and then to Our Lady Mont Carmel. I'm just really thankful to have so many friends as a part of my faith life. That's awesome. Well, sweet. We, you know we like to do a little call to action this week. Do you have anything that you would like to call to action for everybody? Well, I, since I've already mentioned the Adoration Chapel and I've already mentioned about the books I've been reading, I am going, I want to jump to another one and encourage people. And of course, I might be preaching to the choir because you, our listeners, are already listening to the Salted Carmel podcast, but is to think also about adding another 
podcast. Um, I listen to Dr. Edward Sree. I listen to uh, Father Mike Schmitz. I listen to Abiding Together. Um, some of those are very short, five, 10 minutes, yeah. and uh, just are really all fun, act- active ways to learn more about the faith and be inspired in your faith as well, too. True. So, David, would you like me to end with a prayer? I would. I was wishing you would finally do that. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to go a little bit different route for us and something I learned in a book when actually Dr. Edward Suri came to Our Lady of Mount Carmel Mm -hmm. several years ago, and he has many cool books on our faith, but one of them was How to Pray the Rosary. And so I'm not going to, don't worry, I'm not going to pray the whole rosary. But one thing he talks about in the book that I think about all the time um, when I'm praying the rosary is how to say the uh, Hail Mary. And so the way I say it is not the takeaway for you because I'm just um, going with the flow today on this one. But the advice he gave, he said, was to emphasize different words in the prayer Every time you say it. So I think it's so easy to get to say the rosary and, you know, Robotic. Hail Mary, full of grace, yeah. blah, 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 say it as fast as you can and mm-hmm. get to the next bead, right? Um, so I'm going to end with a Hail Mary and saying this in a way that Dr. Edwards Re encourages us to say it. So okay. here we go. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.